You're listening to Finn Too Deep. To a back to throw, blitz coming, and get to him. No, he takes off running, and he's he in. It. Touchdown, Miami! With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. Welcome back, everyone. As we dive Finn too deep, as always, we're your hosts. I'm Reason, joined by Neil Driscoll. Neil, it's bittersweet. The Dolphins are in the playoffs for the first time since 2016, but they're adding another name to the list of mediocre starting quarterbacks when they've gotten there. We've, you know, me and you have been around the 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 sun many a trip. So we've seen the post-Marino results. We've been there for Jay Fiedler. God bless him. He may have won a game, but Jay Fiedler. Uh, you know, Chad Pennington, and no, not good Chad Pennington. We're talking worn-down Chad Pennington. The end of his career, Chad Pennington. To Matt Moore, to Skylar Thompson now could be the starter this weekend when we get the berth. And God damn, I never thought I'd miss Matt Moore giving us a shot. Like he did in 26. I'd take Matt Moore right now with this roster. Fitzy, what are you doing for one game? But, Neil, it's bittersweet. We made it finally, but the writing, it's one of those games where it looks like the writing is already on the wall, and this could get, if people thought it was ugly in the win-get-in scenario in 2020 in Buffalo with what we had, just imagine what it might turn into this Sunday, and God bless him, Neil. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Skyler takes a leap and becomes a 300-yard, three-touchdown passer. But, brother, from watching the film, from watching the game, I just don't see it this year. And it's not an indictment on the player. He's just not ready. But, Neil, unless we summon the defensive spirits of the 2000 Ravens, Jason Sanders becomes the most clutch guy once again. Mostert or whoever's back there, Wilson, can replicate what Mostert did in 2019 with San Fran where Jimmy G only had to throw the ball eight times and they ran for two over twenty yard, over, over 220 yards and four touchdowns. And it could be a long day trucking on Sunday, Neil. Yeah, you know, you're never going to apologize for making the playoffs, right? That, that, that was the goal coming into the season. Uh, you know, I think the Dolphins were clearly one of the seven best teams in the AFC and they deserve it. And I was on cloud nine all the way until the news came out Wednesday around 11 a.m., right, when we found out that two was not going to be playing in this game. And, you know, then this dark cloud just comes over you because, you know, I, I hate to say this, but, you know, if two is playing, I'm excited because I think the Dolphins can win this football game. Like, can you give me a percentage? Because I legitimately thought we had a 50-50 shot after what I saw him and our offense do – Last time in Buffalo, I thought between the Buffalo game and the first 40 minutes against um, Green Bay before he had the concussion again, I thought he was getting back to that Tua we saw in the first 12 weeks that was in the MVP discussion. It's just, I think, situational play calling on both sides of the ball cost us the Buffalo Bills game. And then clearly the concussion is why he fell off the cliff in the fourth quarter, especially against the Packers. Um like, I think we win the game. I, and I, and yeah, so I, do. I, I agree with you too, bro. And I think with Bridgewater, we had a 15% chance. And I think with Skyler, it's under 5%. Yeah, I mean, and, and you're right. And that's like, so like with Tua, I think we had a real chance because I actually would believe that Mike McDaniel I agree. would get a good play design, mm -hmm. a good scheme ready for this game. And we already showed we could run the football down their throat a couple weeks ago and our run game's clicking at a higher rate right now. Right. So, you know, obviously happy, you know, I already bought the playoff hoodie. Off of NFL shop, I'm excited, brother. Um, I'm glad you didn't buy the tickets because I, I I was expecting you to say, "Hey, man, I'm heading down there. What's the deal?" And I, brother, I'm glad you kept. I was waiting. Trigger your figure off the visa, brother. I, well, I was waiting. You were waiting for two to get cleared. You're a smart right, man. Because yeah. if he did, I, I would go, brother. And, but and, how, how many fans have you seen on Twitter bought the tickets without Tua being cleared, and now they're like, "Oh man, I'm. Oh, they've already arrived in Buffalo and they're depressed." Yeah, you know, and, and it sucks because I think that, you know, the injury bug has hit us hard and 
You know, it's not just Tua that we're not going to have for this game. We're not we're not going to have Taron Armstead likely, right? I know some people think he might play. I don't know. It seems like he had a, a pretty big. I don't setback. think he's playing, brother. And then Roheem Moster, it's going to be hard for him to play because it's the thumb on his hand that he grips the football with. Yeah, it's different when Ingold could play right away after the surgery because he's a fullback. He's right. not handling the ball. I mean, all it takes is, especially if they're putting a pin in that thumb because of how severe it is, all it takes is him carrying the ball with that hand. And all it takes is, you know, first of all, you can't carry properly with a cast. So with whatever protection you're having, all it takes is the wrong punch to try and knock the football out. And it could be, you know, you could do permanent damage to that thumbnail. Right. And I think that, like, you know, it's just it's going to bother him. I, you know, and I'll be honest, I, I actually like Salvin Ahmed a little bit. And, the only, you know, the only snowball chance we have in hell, because I, you know, I like, you know, there's this big notion that, like, people will say if you go into Twitter space on Twitter and all the stuff that, like, you got to be positive. You got to be positive. Well, you know, sure. I, the fan of me wants the Dolphins to win, but I love the game of football. I spend a lot of time, yeah. you know, watching players, scouting well, players. Yeah, we I understand anything. We understand anything can happen any given Sunday, but there's a difference between anything can happen on Sunday to asking for a miracle or the impossible on the Sunday. You know, right? Like I, I don't buy a lottery ticket at the store coming home and thinking that I've already won and start spending the money. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it's one of those things. Like. Like we were just talking before we went on the air. Like if somehow Skylar Thompson pulls out, like I told, I said it's a top five day of my life. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So like I, you know, I, like I brother, I hope he takes a leap and becomes a three hundred four touchdown guy. Like I hope, but just the film tells you he's not ready yet to be a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. He just hasn't had the proper development. Hell, I'll go even further, Neil. He hasn't had the proper reps because even with the second team. Bridgewater's taken a lot of them this year. And once you get into the season, you know, you only got a limited number of contact padded practices you can go through. And a lot of that is used on, on first team and second team, you know, first team gets the majority and second team gets a little bit. Third team gets barely any. And, you know, he hasn't even had the practice reps yet. So like, you know, cause I know you've seen these people, you know, crowning him and overhyping him and it's unbelievable that people are even have that hard of agendas and that big of a hard on for two and want him out of there so bad that they're propping up a kid who clearly isn't ready because i'll be quite frank as unfair they are to tua they're being unfair to the kid they love skyler they're making it seem like this kid's ready to take the reins and but when no he's not you are overhyping a kid you are not being a fair to this kid's developmental process right now and you know and, and and people are putting on his shoulder. Like, what if this kid goes out and has an absolute dud? All these people have been having these crazy takes about Skyler this week. Now you're gonna have you, you like Tua at least gave you flashes early on, at least you know, showed you something. We got the Arizona game pretty quickly and pretty early on. You know what I mean? Like this guy hasn't shown he can even read the field past the first read. And then when he does hit the second read, the ball's late. Like, you know, it's like, cause I'm going to tell you this right now, Neil, I'm going to tell you this right now. Do you know how e I watched this guy's film? Okay. So I've seen the preseason stuff. I've now seen um, his first jets appearance and this jets appearance, the bulk reps he's had, you know, this much, because we won't talk about the other game where he got hurt because he didn't have as many reps. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And I'm going to tell you this right now. This is what I'm going to tell you this right now. I want everyone to fucking turn me up and listen to what Reason says. So when you see it on Sunday, you turn into Leonardo DiCaprio with the smoke of the scotch in your hand, leaning up out of your chair, snapping and pointing and thinking of me, okay? Well, what, what are they going to do? You're going to stack the box. Yep. You're going to buzz the flats because you're going you're gonna to take away the run. You're going to take away the checkdowns and you're going to force him to make that second, third read and beat you. And sometimes the fourth, they're going to, and they're going to force you to try and beat you off that. And because they're going to be able to score points, they're also just the flow of the game. I expect, unless we have a 2000 Ravens performance, the flow of the game is going to probably force Skyler into pushing the ball as well. So, you saw him. He was indecisive whether it was pushing the ball from the second to the third level. He was indecisive using his legs that time. They're going to force you quick to make those decisions, and you're going to have to make the right one. You are now in the playoffs. 
this is, listen, I give the Jets D their props, but they are not a complete team the way this team is. And listen, the Jets, they, you know, now think of it. The Bills, they have more tape than the Jets have, right? And, you know, you got some brilliant minds on both sides of the ball in Buffalo. And they've, the one thing they've done to the Flores era, and that actually McDaniel's done a good job of not losing to yet, is we would always get out coached. And we're going to see Sunday what the deal is because I'm going to tell you this right now. They're going to take away that run. They know we're going to lean on it. They're going to buzz the flats and take away those check downs in case that first read isn't there because they're going to force them off of it. And, I mean, I had a conversation with Alf. He came on, you know, he was in the comment section of Finside the NFL, and he said, hey, this is what you do. This was his suggestion. Weak side ISO. Target Nickelback Teron Johnson. Right? Take away the reads. Right? Make a lot of spot throws, design throws. Take away the reads, and then you just pray. And, I mean, that's probably the best game plan I've heard yet from someone on the building. Well, here's what you got to think about, right? Like, I, like the Skylar Thompson thing to me, the only reason I think he's on the Miami Dolphins roster is because of how well he looked in the preseason. Yes, like, I agree. Yeah, like he he like the expectation that he could come in and start to win a playoff game, you know, just because he's a Dolphins quarterback to me. I mean, he was a seventh round pick for a reason. That's not yeah. you know you could give me the Tom Brady comparisons. Like this is mm. this is tough sledding for two yeah. hundred low to go in the let road. Let alone this guy. Buffalo. Yeah, exactly. Right, like, this is a really hard task. Like I, I think people forget that like the Buffalo Bills are one of the best teams in football. Yeah, they probably have the best coaches. Preseason staff Super Bowl favorite. Like, Josh Allen is a top three quarterback yes. in the league. They yeah. can, they have four or five wide receivers deep. And they unless have- you get an Allen off day, he's going to force you to try and keep up with them. Like we're going to have to score. Listen, how many, how many points did we score the first time when we faced the jets? My friend, how many oh. points did we score with, with Skyler? Do you remember with the jets? We, I, I don't remember. What is it? What 40 is- to six. Was it that bad? I don't remember. I'll pull it up. I, I thought you knew. Let me, I know. Um, okay, well, we scored 11 this past weekend, but two of them were for the defense. And if you want to be technical, nine of them were special teams because they're all Jason Sanders. Right? And then when you go back to when we played them in October, we scored, what, 17 points, right? 17 I'm, points that game, I believe it was. I'm trying to pull it up right now. I'm searching. But no, you like it. But, you know, here's the truth, though. Like you said, that, you know, we, the Jets do have a good defense and good for them. But, you know, they tried it out. My point is, like, look at this. In his two scars, we've scored 17 points against the Jets, and we've scored 11 points. And guess what? You know, out of all those points, only two of them were really on the offense. We had a Durham Smythe one-yard run and that Raheem Moser 12-yard run against the Jets the first time around. But other than that, it's been 12 points from Jalen Sanders and two points from the – like. That's what I'm saying. Like, we're going to have to score 20, 25 points minimum, more than likely, unless our defense absolutely stands on its head. And we had our defense stand on the head against these guys early in the season. And it was, what, uh, 93 snaps, and they still put up 20 points against us, did the Bills? Yeah, right? and, and we had Brandon Jones and Nick Needham at that yeah. time, right? Like, it was a lot different then. Yeah, I, they put up 19, right? They put up 19. Well, and you'll hear some people say, well, Zach Wilson beat – the Bills, and I'm not a big Zach Wilson guy, but I would say at this point of his career, Zach Wilson's a better football player than Skylar Thompson. Like it is what it is. But like the one thing I want, I want to protect here is that no matter what the outcome of this game is, like people will will be so knee jerk to start calling out Mike McDaniel. Like what Mike McDaniel is asked to do right now in his rookie year as a head coach on the road against the Buffalo Bills, you know, whose stadium is going to be electric. You literally don't have way, your running back you one. Those, you need to tell those people it was Mike White who beat him this year, not this clown, all right? Uh, well, yeah. Well, Anyways. here's the thing, though, right? Like, you're on your third-string quarterback, right? So you yeah. don't have Tua, you don't have Teddy, you have Skylar Thompson, right? You don't have Raheem Mostart. You know, you, you got Jeff Wilson and Salvin Ahmed. That is what it is. Like, you're on your, what, fifth-string right tackle at this point? Well, like, they got to kick. My idea is this is what I think is going to trot out there. It's got to be – what it's going to be Greg Little at left tackle, right? Eichenberg at left guard, Ugh. Connor at center, Hunt at right. Uh, so, sorry, Robert Jones. Uh, Robert Jones at right guard and Hunt at right tackle. Yep, like, like, so we're putting Hunt hasn't played this position since freaking his rookie season, 
And now we got to roll him back out. Like, bro, this and is not, like, and not to mention that uh, our defense is on its fifth and sixth cornerbacks. I mean, it's just a really tough. Well, that's the thing. And Shell's probably not going to play next week against Kansas City if the Mer- Miami Miracle does happen. Because I heard it's a sprained ankle and a sprained knee on the same leg. So he's done. Right. And, he's and not going to be able to play through that at his and side. Look, and look, you know, and it's where it's like. The you know one of the things is that you know we'll have a lot of talks about in the next couple of weeks is what I call the ingredients right the players you know I'll give Chris Greer the Rose kudos to the good moves right like Tyree Kill good move Taron Armstead good move I wish he was a little more durable I got to be honest but like great move he's a, when he plays he's a top you know upper echelon left tackle you know he did a great job with that 49ers trade to get and then got Waddle and traded back up a lot of people weren't happy that he traded back up but thank god he did cuz I'm waiting for you to diss the Chubb trade no i'm not i actually don't because when i watched the tape this week i actually said that Bradley Chubb was well did you notice when Chubb was out uh what game Phillip, was it Phillips, Phillips was disappeared bro he like disappeared this guy comes back and Chubb, Phillips is back to being this maniac again bro Right, but uh, dude, you know what the problem was? They gave Ogba that money, okay, and that money that could have been, Ro- they could have got Chubb and Roquan if they didn't give Ogba that money. Well, and, and you're 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 heading to the path I want to. We can start at the 2020 draft, right? Like Tua, whether people like it or not, whether you think Herbert's better it's or not, Tua is the right pick. That was a hit. Yeah, the trade Minka Fitzpatrick Patrick for Austin Jackson oh, don't is is a historically bad trade. Minka Fitzpatrick is a top five safety in football. He's better than that, actually. And Austin Jackson is a guy that I don't even want him as depth next year. I think you straight up cut him. I, I don't even see how he and adds. And Noah value. gets cut. Well, and then, like, look at yeah, Noah Igbenogany. Like, look, we are on our fifth and sixth cornerbacks, yet Noah Igbenogany is still inactive. It, yeah, that is, what, what, bro, what did I call what, now? Why is he on the roster, though? That is like, Neil, do you now get. What have I been calling him? Now you know why I call him Noah Inactivity. I've been calling him that for like over a year, bro. You it, it, know it's, that. It's like, it's such a bad use of a roster. Bro, it, listen, it was, but it was, the writing was so on the wall when Danny Crossman wouldn't even use him on special teams. And I'm not a Crossman defender. That guy needs to go. But well, when he wouldn't even use Noah on special teams, that tells you everything you need to know about how the staff feels about Noah Monogany. Well, look, and then Robert Hunt, solid pick where they got him. But like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to rip this rest this year. Raquan Davis has not taken a step forward. Like, no, he was supposed to be a guy that had elite traits, elite size, and he looked yeah. awesome in the national title game. The sacks aren't for what you saw. He was, you he's, thought he was going to be Chris Jones, man. I mean, thought he was going to be like Chris Jones. He's a pedestrian football player who's a good guy they have on your roster. There's no way you resign him. He's your third defensive. John tackle. Jenkins is better right now. That's right. Sure. And, and so, like, you look at that draft class, and, and Brandon Jones was a good pick in the third round. But then you go to 2021 and they trade up and they panic and they take Liam Eikenberg. Oh, and he's worse than Austin Jackson. He'd be worse than Austin Jackson. Liam Eikenberg's like, and, and I don't get it because he was really good at Notre Dame. He is probably. I do because I watched the film. When you he's saw him so on- bad at oh, left guard. God. He has no. Like, he's <laughs> another guy that like, if you're talking to him about a roster spot, I'm keeping Robert Jones over Austin Jackson and Liam Eikenberg. Yeah, yeah, I agree. No, no doubt. Yeah, but, but if you he- watched him at Notre Dame, dog. That guy used to get caught lunging all the time where defenders would literally stop mid-rush, let him lunge, miss, and then just like run. Like, he was literally, unless he was fundamentally sound and technically sound, he wasn't dominant. He but has then no you, athleticism but then, Well, that's the problem. But then you knew, okay, so when he's fundamentally and he's technically perfect at the collegiate level, not even in the SEC, okay, he can show some dominance. Now, what happens when he's fundamentally and technically sound but he's got his short T-Rex arms. He's got slow feet. He's got zero athleticism. He's got no anchor. See, the guys who have come out of Notre Dame and either stayed at tackle, a lot of them have actually been kicked into the interior. Why? Because at least they can come out with an anchor and at least they can come out with some strength. You know, even if they, if they suffer in athleticism, you can slide them inside, put them in a phone booth, rely on their anchor, and you can make do. Right, but but right. but this guy's got none of it, none well, of it. Well, and, and so you're and right. And you traded up, and you know what it was. And this is where people need to indict Greer. And I've been saying this for two years. If you're actually going to indict Greer on moves, this is where you got to indict him. The panic moves. That was the panic move because Tevin Jenkins went at forty, and why? The, this team gets very arrogant. They think in the draft people are just going to fall in their laps. 
Right. We they saw it. Yeah, we saw it when they panicked and they took um, Noed Benogany, right? After uh, what's his face? After uh, what, what's his face? After uh, um, well, they, uh, they originally select DeAndre Swift. No, no, no. But they panicked when when uh, they didn't. What? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not. But you'll see where I'm going with this. They panicked when they thought uh, what's his face was going to be on the board there. The fuck this. Um, the center that went to New Orleans. Oh yeah, Eric McCoy. Eric, no, 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 right, no. Cesar Ruiz, right? Cesar Ruiz, yeah, the uh, the Michigan kid. Well, they so, also like they also like Brandon Ayuk that year, and he yeah, 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 that pick. Yeah, so so they panicked when those guys were gone. They panicked. They panicked when Austin Jackson left. Right, they thought Worfs was gonna fall to their lap, and then when they found out that the Bucks were calling to move up one spot. They panicked and they moved up. They were calling to move up, but then when they realized what it would take, they wouldn't pay the premium and they settled for Austin Jackson. And they tried to sell him to us. Like they 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 panicked with Liam Eikenberg. Well, they cute, like right, they try to get too cute and they try to compile. Yeah, all bro. Picks, but they should have moved. They should have paid the price to move up to get Tristan Wirfs originally, and then they took Noah Benogany to move down four spots and get a fourth round pick when they were they originally turned in the card with DeAndre Swift on it. So like. Like and Ooh, in look, this it, offense would be crazy. Yeah, I dude, and I would like look especially line, considering how Detroit's not even really using him. Really. Well, I'm saying if they if they want to trade him this year, let's let's have a talk. Um, would but, you give up one of the seconds or thirds for him? I would give up a third for DeAndre Swift all day long for sure. Yeah, I agree for sure because he, he's also adds a good pass catching element. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, well, yeah. He's that's why. Listen, that's why I I, I really love. Um, Devon A chain out of Texas A&M because he's sure. also got the four two speed. He matches our track team, and I just think like he's the if like you know if he, he had some weight and can get to, yeah, and if he can get to like two oh five, just around hover around two ten at his frame, I think he'd be perfect because just putting I don't think he'd lose speed putting on that kind of weight if you put it on properly, right? Yeah, for sure. But the thing that honestly, so we're talking about these picks, and everyone misses picks. But that was a huge miss of a year. You know, twenty twenty one, we did have a good. Oh, by the way, uh, Neil, there's rumblings that Dieter might actually be out there. They're they're, they're looking at Dieter this for this week too. Uh, you know what? I honestly would, wouldn't be a if it gets Liam Michaelbert off this field. I'm in. Jesus Christ, I'm, but, I'm down. But here's the moves that there's two things that happened this year that I'm going to hold Chris Greer to the fire for. And how bad is come on? We're not done the picks. How bad when Quinn Miners is on the board? How bad is Hunter Long, bro? Oh, like, dude, this guy's pulling and he's running into guys, or he's pulling and he's like hit, running and and he's like hitting. He's like running blocks into other guys and hitting them off blocks. Like he's whiffing on blocks. Like, bro, Hunter Long, dude. Z if you were gonna draft someone out of Boston College, this was the year with Zay Jones. Why are you drafting this kid? This kid is just not that good, bro. Well, the funny thing about it is when we drafted him, oh. Scott Pioli did a show on ESPN and said his favorite pick in the entire draft was Hunter Long and that the Dolphins just got theirself a perennial Pro Bowl at tight end. But oh. look, he's been in two regimes and he hasn't cracked the yeah, field. Yeah, but here's the thing. Yo, no, no. But here's the thing. This regime he's in, look at the tight end minds we have and the tight ends that have been built under the minds on our offensive staff, bro. Just under Embry alone. Embry coach Tony Gonzalez. Oh, he's he a boss. George Kittle. You know, he built um uh what's his face? He built uh Jordan Cameron. He built uh who else did Embry build? He has like a he built um what's his face? Uh is the one who converted isn't Frank Smith the one who uh built Darren Waller? One of them built Darren Waller too, right? Well um I, like I think Hunter Long's officially in bus territory, right? Like he like I don't have expectations for him at all next year. Like, if you can't, and who make was anything... that? Who was that? Who was that solid? One of them built uh, Embry built Jordan Reed too. If I don't, if I'm not mistaken, as well. You remember how good Jordan Reed was until the injuries piled up, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, look. we got tight. I'm just saying, like, if you're not blossoming under these guys, like, look at the catch Derm Smythe makes, like last week, right with Skyler. Have we even seen anything remotely close to that from from other than when when Tua made that crazy throw at the back end of the of the end zone to the Lions to Gaseki? Have we seen Gaseki do anything? Gaseki's the one that's supposed well, to do that kind of so, shit. So you're you're gonna get right to where out. So like I think one of the biggest misused resources this year yeah, that money. was tagging Gaseki yeah. and not trading him. Trading him, yeah. I think at the deadline teams. Do you like think he gets ten million dog this offseason? You know what? I think someone will pay him. Like if I if I'm Jack, do you think we'll get the third round? No, we'll get a fourth rounder, I think. 
Jacksonville could be if they could get Calvin Ridley and him, bro. Oh, yeah, well, that, like think no. about it, though, right? Like Trevor starting to send Evan Ingram's on a one-year deal. Mike well, is- even if you keep Tampa, uh, Brady in Tampa, that would be interesting for Tom. Tom. Another team for Gasicki is Detroit. Like they traded away. He Hawkinson. could go. Yeah, I mean, like that's. I mean, that's the thing. Like he'll have a market. I would have traded him for cornerback depth because I, I think the biggest move we made is that we allowed Byron Jones to dictate. Yeah our season on the defensive side yeah. of the ball. We had Joe Hayden's agent on television saying that Joe Hayden wanted to start and would come out of retirement to play, and we never sniffed that. And we never traded for anybody. And look, Cater Coe, who's been a great story, and I, and he's one of the guys I'm excited about. He just got named. But he's like, made the rookie mistakes late in the season. and for you sure, see and it. he's yeah. going to because he's an undrafted dude for exactly. Texas yeah. But, like, you know, here's the thing is, and whenever it's like, you know, you're so pessimistic – we're going to go out there this week with Xavier Howard on digs, Gabriel Davis on covered by Cater Kohu, and then you're going to have Cole Beasley and Isaiah McKenzie and John no, Brown. No, Isaiah McKenzie's out, so it's going to be oh, Cole Beasley, yeah. Well, and, and John Brown against freaking Keon Crossan? Like, are, like I, I'm not like – Hey, Keon Crossan, uh, he's made some plays. Lately, he's been better than he was. He had a stretch early on where he was good. Then he went kind of – he went cold. But his last couple of games, he's actually made some plays. I got to yeah, but just those those moves by Chris Greer, and then like, look, when well, two- dog, we're on like our freaking. What are you expecting CB five and CB six to be? You know what I mean? Like well, you're forgetting we've lost Needham, Trill Williams, and and like those are we've lost Trill Williams, who I think if he would have stayed healthy, we would have been okay. We've lost Trill Williams, Nick Needham, and Byron Jones. Like, those are, you know, we're, we're literally on, you know, like, no, no, no CB7 out here. Keep going, though, right? The, the Emmanuel Ogba contract was a horrible resign. Like, at, at, like we overpaid. Yeah, but we only, yo, but okay, but you're over. I will be, I'm going to be frank with you, bro. You're overreacting given the fact we only saw like six games. What if he comes out next year and he's a goddamn monster? Like yeah, we only saw six, seven games, bro. He's I been a monster, play. what, two out of one year out of the ten years? No, period. what do you mean? He's had back to back like last year he had what year one he had nine and a half sacks. Last year he had like ten and a half. Yeah, you know, hey, I, I don't view Emmanuel Agba as a fifteen million dollar year player. So like it just that's what it is for me. So I thought that was a bad move. You know, I like I think that when Tua went down against Cincinnati and then we gave Teddy and Skyler the chance and both quarterbacks were battling injuries that we should have been like you said, right, Patrick earlier in the show. And I like people laugh when I said that on Twitter, but I'm like kind of dead serious. If we had Ryan Fitzpatrick going into this game right now, I'd be like, dude, the old gunslinger is going to go out there and make some shit happen. Like, I I just think that like, well, you know what I would have done earlier? You know what I would have done at the deadline? I would have seen if I could add someone. Right, so you, so like, I, I just think there's been a litany of moves. But it's because they, how much money they gave Bridgewater. That's why they didn't do it. Unless you can move Bridgewater's money, they because now we're up against the cap for this season at least. Well, look, so but, that's like, why. Look, about Cedric Wilson, horrible contract. Like I expected way more. Yeah, but like, Cedric Wilson. But again, context of the situation. That's because did any of us, including them, expect Trent Sherfield and Craycraft to emerge the way they did? I as, mean, but as how, targets. Like, what, what have they done to emerge? Like, Trent brother, Trent, come on. Like, other than the Sherfield, other than the losing streak, Sherfield was solid. River, he was Craycraft, the, dude. River Craycraft is a guy you can He got hurt, though, wide. right? He was he was doing really well, and then he got hurt, bro. I, I, I come can't on, give bro. You, you were loving these guys when they were winning, bro. I can't now give you're just a pass to give Cedric Wilson an $8 million year contract when I think he has 12 catches all year. I Like, I just can't. Like, that's money not well spent, and that's what his job is to do. Like, good that he found Trent Sherfield. But, like, we can't probably afford to sign Trent Sherfield now because we have Cedric Wilson on the books. And, no, and like, I've seen no, a lot of moves that we could trade him. No one's going to no give a draft pick for Cedric Wilson with that contract. We're going to have to eat some. It's only it's one gonna... other year on the contract. Dog. Yeah, but there's, Bro, no... there's only one year left when you trade him next this offseason. But, yeah, but, dude, you, if you, 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 who's going to pay – a draft pick for an eight million dollar a year player who's buddy. That's nothing. People, will, you could just you could find a team to get a fifth four stop, bro. For eight yeah. million, you're acting like this guy's making fucking fourteen million dollars and he's locked in for like I will. Three, I will bet four years. You want to, and no one pays a fourth round pick for Cedric Wilson. I said fifth. No way. No chance. He's just not. He's not even. He's not even a factor with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle on the outside. Like I just think it's a horrible signing and. I, yeah, like, but and what's the agent and what's he gonna sell? No if, one if, was, bro. 
Well, like, let's just, let me ask you a question then. If you think so, Sherfield and Craycraft are free agents. Yeah. Right. Why would you want to trade Cedric Wilson then? To to bring them back, because yeah. you could get both of them for the cost of him, basically. Probably. I don't. I I think Sherfield will probably <laughs> get something decent on the market. Craycraft's Craycraft's a guy you pay a million dollars a year to come out there, and he's a savvy football player. You know, he's a guy who's good. Yeah, draft. like he's got like bro. He's got this year. He's next... better. Yeah, he's he's been way better than Cedric Wilson. Oh, There's no doubt. Relax, relax, relax. Next next year, okay, he has an eight million dollar cap hit. Cedric uh, Wilson, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then he then get then he then the out though. Like that off season, you can get off him with a million dollar cap hit, dead cap hit. So like literally, it's a one year deal to prove it. There is someone that will pony something up for eight million dollars on one year prove it deal, given his history. And what are they going to say? Well, Gasecki didn't perform with those guys around. Blah 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 blah. That's what they're gonna say. That's what that's a, that's an easy sell. I, I I hope you're right. I'd love to get a fifth round pick for Cedric Wilson all day long. I I would love for it to happen. I just I wouldn't. I don't see anyone who's unless they're completely desperate. Because if I'm Miami, I I would fucking take a seventh round pick just to get him off the books and the cap. So I'd, I'd give up a draft pick for someone to take Cedric Wilson to get him off our books. To be honest, but like I just think all these moves, like this was Chris Greer's year. And the number one thing that hurt this team all season was the availability of the quarterback position. So it's not calling Tua injury prone. It's not just Tua, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, you talk about a situation where your backup quarterbacks have let you down drastically, right? I mean, what they're what they're he's only got five million dollars worth of guaranteed money uh next year, eh? Who? Cedric. If they if they trade so I know this if they cut them they save a million dollars in cap if they yeah trade it's them, a seven million dollars they save hit. six it's a it's a it's a I, I I think he's a guy that they could if they if they get those other guys back they might cut them yeah <laughs> but if you trade them if you trade them pre June you save six if you trade them post June you save seven yeah yeah because he has no like the guy only he doesn't have very much guaranteed money left at all right like. In 2024, his third year in his deal has no guaranteed money. Bro, he's making that. like six hundred thousand dollars a catch this year. That's a good life, man. Yeah. Um, I think you, you know, could. Uh, I like, dude. If you look at his, like, bro, this is this is his one bad year. I mean, you know, but like, look, he's had one good year. Good year right? last like, year, right? Yeah, like he had one good year. He's but not- he had, but why, well, why? Because guys went down and he was featured. What happened in 2020? Same deal. He was behind who? A healthy Michael Gallup. CeeDee Lamb was a rookie emerging. Amari Cooper was still there. Like, you know, he was like fourth five on the freaking depth chart. Last year, he moved up the depth chart, and then guys got hurt. Boom, he takes advantage of it. So, like, he we knew what the deal was. He needed to be the third option. Problem was, whether that's quarterback preference or whatever the case may be, you know, other guys emerged as third, fourth options, and one of them was Sherfield, who none of us saw happening. Well, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, like, it just is what it is. I mean, it happens, bro. You know, yeah. like, that's just yeah, how but, There's you know, only hey. so much ball that can go around. I'm sure if Tyreek and uh, what's-his-face and, and Waddle were missing some games here, Cedric would be a way bigger contributing factor, right? Well, you know, hey, I'm just saying if you have Kasiki, who I think we can, we would all be okay moving on, Cedric Wilson, who we I think we'd all be okay moving on, and Emmanuel Agba, you're looking at having another $35 million and in Byron. Cap Yeah, and Byron, but like, you know. I don't want that in the building, bro. I'm good. Who, Byron? I, there's no chance he's coming back. I, 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 if, if they brought him back, I mean, that would just be absolutely pathetic on their end. That guy just like literally hoard them in front of the football world all season. But, yeah. it, you know, hey, it's going to be interesting. I, I personally think that – he, it won't happen, but I would. I'm okay with us getting a new general manager at this point. The offensive line, what we've not been able to do, is what concerns me, and I think yeah. that's where you win the game. Like, as good as he's done some things, like getting Tyreek, the Waddle, just the inability to build this offensive line and using high end resources to do it. Like, right? Like, we can't act like you know he's not spending high picks on these guys. I just think that's where this team has failed for the last few years. And if you can't pick them and you can't find people to develop the line or they're just that bad, like, 
like these players, Eichenberg and Austin Jackson, they just must be awful because you, I like coaches staff after coaches staff is swinging and missing with this guy, right? Like I, I just so it's one of those things, but it's not going to happen. Chris Greer will be back. I, I just know it. So it is what it is. But you know, hey, we're we're limping in the playoffs. A lot of injuries. Tough game. You know, it. it we have the Miami miracle, right? The Kenyon Drake. This would be like 10 times more of a miracle, I think, if we won this football game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. This would be – this would go down in the history books. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like, you know, what? because here's why it's hard, right? It's not just Skylar Thompson. Like, when you have a backup quarterback – so everyone's always pointing to Brock Purdy doing things. Well, Brock Purdy has the league's best defense, right? And they have a good special teams unit. Like, we don't have – like, unless they start putting Waddle and Hill back there, right? Because – I noticed in the Jets game, right, uh, that dude, Brandon Main is, I think, Man or whatever his name is, he was crushing the ball, and then they put Tyreek back there, and then he shanks it, right? Like, I, I unless they give those guys the touches with the ball, you know, like, you, you when, when you're this down, you need your defense to make big plays. We don't make a lot of turnovers, right? You need your special teams to make big plays. I mean, look, Jason Sanders kicked a couple of nice balls last week. We have the worst special teams unit in football probably. Like, that's what's hard here is that the other segments of the team won't be able to pick Skylar Thompson up. And, you know, you talked about watching the L22. I, I told you this. I had to turn it off after the first quarter on offense because I was so, like, sickened by the people that were open. Waddle and Tyreek were – they're just all – they're always open. But, like, like the, he didn't even try to make those throws. And, like, there was the one play he was running the ball to the left side and he probably could have ran for 10 if he would have done it right away, but he got like three or four yards because he like stopped to see if he could throw the ball. And then he tried to outrun. You know, I don't know if you remember that play, but it was just like, like I watched this guy and like the first thing I write down is like deer in headlights, like losing his composure. Like I, and like you said, it, it's a seventh round quarterback. Like you can't crucify the guy, but unfortunately he's in this position in a playoff game where us as fans want to win. And we all know that that's not our best chance to win. I mean, like, you know, I, Mike McDaniel, like, to win this game, we have to run the ball 40 yards and get 200 yards on the ground, right? We have to have a gimmick play, maybe a Cedric Wilson pass. You know what I mean? That goes for a touchdown and then just have a ball bounce our way. You know what I mean? Like like we saw with Tyreek Hill getting that scoop fumble against the Chargers. Something crazy like that all needs to – all that needs to come together for us to have a legitimate shot at this game. Because, like, again, this is not the Joe Flacco-led Jets. This is the Josh Allen-led Bills in Buffalo. I mean, that stadium is going to be freaking fire, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it sucks. We all want this team to win. But, like, I I can't find the avenue where I think it's going to happen. Yeah. It sucks. Like, we got here first time since 2016. Like, I can't the get same deal. This. Like, I wish we had Matt Moore. At least Moore would sling it, right? Right. Well, like, I can't get on this podcast just to like get a couple followers and tell you guys, I think the dolphins are going to get an upset win when I just really don't think it's going to happen. Like this is a tough matchup for any team left. Like Joe Burrows in that Cincinnati game, that team is going to have trouble going to Buffalo to beat them. If they had to like, they're yeah, just, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a tough spot to win, man. And, but I, I, the thing is, I don't think the season's a disappointment. I think it's a disappointment where we were when we were eight and three, but look, man, we, we were, we got some answers. Like we answered, like with regards to Tua specifically, we answered what his we got the answers of what his ceiling in this offense could look like, but the questions still remain about his availability. Would you say this? I would say if you take Tua the quarterback out of the question, yeah. there's five upper echelon to elite players that you could build, start building this team around, right? And this is my tier one guys: Tyreek, Waddle, Jalen Phillips. Christian Wilkins and Bradley Chubb. Would you agree that there's five core Remember guys? Last year, you would have put uh, Javon Holland in there. Well, see, Javon Holland's in my tier too. Because look, I I think he was. I think he didn't play as well. But I think well, that's injuries, because no Byron, right? Yeah. Well, I think the injuries around him made him do things that he's not accustomed to doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he got to play. His abilities got larger. Well, honestly, and, yeah. if you wanted to throw Javon Holland in that list, I'm okay with him being a core tier player because I think. I think next year Javon Holland is going to be have the year that we expected this year, right? Yeah. Like I would put Taron Armstead in that, but like he's on tier two to me just because I I, I can't. availability same thing availability. 
Um, you know, Connor Williams, we only have him under contract for one more year. Robert Hunt, we've only got under contract one year. Good players. I wouldn't put either of them in that elite tier one. And I think X is the declining player that next year is going to be his swan song in Miami, and they're going to get out as soon as they can with that contract. So, yeah. but there's a that's six core that we named though, right? The last time we found ourselves in this situation, we didn't have that. We didn't have anything remotely close to that. Like that is something you can build off of, right? I, and I truly believe that. Like the Hill Waddle dynamic for whoever the quarterback is next year, and you know, I think you, you and I both want it to be Tua, but it's one of those things that that is such a strength that that's always going to be a strength, right? That's always going to build up your offense. They got to fix the offensive line. You got to figure it out. And you got to bring back either Wilson or Mostert and then get somebody in the draft. That, that's where yeah. I think the offense. And if you could get a real tight end, round three, get a guy like Tucker Craft or something like that, do it, right? On defense, it's going to be interesting. We're moving to a defensive line strength team. We are going to have, a, you know, if you look at our D line, what's on paper right now, you're going to have Phillips, you're going to have Chubb, you're going to have Agba, Raekwon Davis, Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer. I mean, that's, that's, See, solid. and what, what's great about that is from what I'm understanding is, we've got a really strong potential of converting to that wide nine defense back that we ran under when Gase was here. And that could be what we run when McDaniel, you know, I think go getting a Fangio, like with the wide nine, you really spend up front and you start building up front from the front back. Right. So I think we're going to, I think you're going to see the money and the resources get spent on the first and the second level primarily and then they'll sprinkle through the secondary with drafted money. Hope they hit. We already have a few studs that they can slot in there. Cater Kohu, Javon Holland, et cetera, et cetera, that they could already slot in there that they can build around. But I think, you know, you look at the trends of what these guys like with their, with their, with like in terms of offensively from that tree, they like this wide nine defense where go look at how, you know, you, how, how is, how are they built in San Fran from the front back? Same thing. Like we are going to convert from to the from building from the back to the front, but it's okay because of the personnel we already have in place. And quite frankly, I think that's why they made the move for Bradley Chubb. It wasn't just for this season. It was, okay, I'm going to get my guy in here after this season. Boyer will be gone. And he's and a good I'm football gonna, player, man. Yeah, like, but, yeah, but I, I, think, I think that's a long-term move in terms of – the next coach, because I think they're going to do what Flores didn't do. I think they're going to the, – the coach, the coordinator on the other side of the ball that runs the other side of the ball, offensively we didn't do it here for the defensive mind of, of Flores, but it will do it here for the offensive mind of, of McDaniel. We'll find a defensive coordinator with serious veteran leadership and experience. I would be shocked if they promote a young guy. And I think they're going to try and bring in someone he can – not only can he just trust to handle the defense, but also – we got no one really, Boyer and, and Crossman, other than the people McDaniels brought himself in, brought in with him, he's got no one to lean on. Like, no one to lean on as an as a experienced coordinator or head coach. The guys are on his side. Like, Bevel and Embry are the best guys he has to lean on. And, and neither one of those is even a coordinator right now. Right? One's the assistant coach and the other one's a quarterback coach. So, like... You know, I, I think they're going to bring in a defensive guy that can just hands off with the defense. McDaniel can lean on this defensive guy's leadership because, quite frankly, this is what Flores was missing, an offensive version of what they'll try and find McDaniel. And this guy is going to be adverse. I think we'll be a hybrid to an extent still, but they'll be based out of the wide nine. And I'll be honest with you, we talked about it with, with Denver emerging quietly as, as a uh, – which is crazy because the last, you know – week has changed. Peyton went from not being interested to now he's emerging as a potential favorite in Denver. That might free up a guy like Fangio for us. And even if Boyer had a good season, that's a no-brainer. You go with Fangio because of course, McDaniel needs it. If you can get not only a veteran guy you can be hands-off of, but also a guy who has veteran head coaching experience, that's the recipe for a you, real... You get a Vic, Vic Fangio would be a bigger acquisition than anyone you could get in free agency yeah. or the draft. Like I he's... Agree. He would change the whole formation of this yeah. defense yeah. for the better. But like, like, like I told all y'all, Daryl Bevel would, and like I said, Bevel was one of the best signings of any position 
or any coaching staff last season. And look at what he did with Tua in one year. Look at what we saw with Tua. That's why I'm worried Bevel's going to go somewhere as a coordinator. Well, I, 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 I'm drawing a blank, but I they were naming today head coach candidates. He inter- I know he was on the candidate list for Denver early on, but I don't know. Well, where he, they were saying that wherever it was, maybe he would be going to – um, be the offensive coordinator. Can I be honest Sean with you, bro? I know it's because cutthroat. of his relationship with Russell Wilson. Well, I think. listen, I know it's cutthroat. I know it's ruthless. Can I be honest with you, Neil? I would fight. I would. I would move Frank Smith and promote Daryl Bevel and make him the highest paid offensive coordinator in the NFL. Yeah, like, I, like, I, like, I, like I'm sorry, Frank Smith. I like you, but you're res- like. Bevel's the guy. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I I, I think we you pay attention to Michael Fleur here, um, whether we like that or really? not. You don't think he's going to go and try and team up with his brother? Mm-hmm. I, I just think that if we move, if we lose Bevel, that could be a move that happens. I I, I, I wouldn't be keen on it, um, but I could see it happening. But no, I, I think you're right. And and like so, the offense, right? Like fix the offensive line, like and get get go get some running back. You know, go get a running back. The defense, man, like, like, there's a lot of room for improvement. The key's got to be fixing that linebacker core. That's the key. Yeah, like, you know, Especially Duke Riley. You want to go that wide nine. Yeah. Right. You need to go get a premier linebacker and to be in the middle of defense, right? And, you know, Roquan Smith wasn't coming here after the Ravens traded for him. We all knew that contract was going to get done. Like, honestly, you can find good, talented players in round three of the draft. Fred Warner comes to mind. Like you, you got to be able to find people that have some size that can get downhill, that can thump, that can move. You know, you know they can diagnose. Are you plays. a fan of? I'm a, I'm a, Are you a fan of Jack Campbell coming out? I am. Um, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this, but my favorite linebacker for us, who I think we could get with our one of our third round picks, is Day Dayon Henley from Washington State. Mm. I, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I really like D Winters from TCU. Now he's a little raw. He, he's a converted wide receiver, but he can move, man. I like Ivan Pace out of Cincinnati. And I'm thinking of guys that are going to be more in our realm. But like in round two, man, if if Henry Tuatu is there, or if Noah Sewell falls, or if Drew Sanders from Arkansas, do you like there, do you like um, Owen Papo? Yeah, yeah, and he's a guy you could probably get in round three easily. So like, there's guys there that you could get, like. I, I think that you need to get the scheme. Isn't Brian Cox's kid coming out this year? Brenton Cox, yeah, he's. I I wouldn't take him honestly. No, yeah, I'm a yeah, yeah. I'm His off field stuff's bad. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I would say he's undraftable based off of the stuff that I. Who do you think's that first interior guy going? Trent Simpson this year. Trenton Simpson. Yep, I, I think he will. And even though he had a kind of a down year this year, but I I think he'll go high. I mean, his his. You good really team. think? Ah, oh, man. You know, I, I I don't, man. I hope Noah Sewell um slides, but I mean, who are your first three interior linebackers going off the board? You got Trenton. Uh, I have him going. I if I if, I can't recall, but I had him going the first round at twenty six, I believe, to Denver. I had Noah Sewell going the top of the round to Carolina, um, and then I had Henry Toa Toa, unfortunately, in round two going to the New York Jets. Um. Yeah, so, that's how I think. That's how I think the board's gonna fall too. I think Henry Toa Toa might go for. Might, it's gonna be yeah. That they you can flip them at two with two and three. Him and Suell, I think. Yeah, right? and Drew Sanders. Drew Sanders is a guy that a lot of people like too. But he's kind of like an edge, isn't he? Kind of yeah. Like, he's, I he's more like, like, like an outside linebacker. Right? Yeah, you're you know. Yeah, like my pure ones are like Trent Simpson, Toa Toa, Suell, Campbell. Um, you know Miller. Uh, Miller out of. Uh, um, Florida, right? Um, Ventrell so, Miller. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, there's some there. I mean, it's not a bad linebacker class. I mean, there's definitely talent to be, been had here. It, it's the last week that the players have the 16th is the due date for them to declare for the draft. Most of the big names have already done it. There's still a few people that people are waiting on, like Zach Zinther, the guard from Michigan hasn't. Uh, but it looks like all indications have him going back to school. But practically everyone else has made their decisions and made them clear. So, you know, you're starting to know what the draft board looks like. Um, man, it sucks that the NFL took one of those first-round picks because that would be a prime spot for us to go get a corner. Um, I know. It's unfortunate. I mean, like a guy like Devin Witherspoon or Clark Phillips there would have been just home-run picks. Oh. Um, and it's, it's just a shame. I like Clark Phillips out of Utah, man. Tremendous ball skills, man, would be awesome here. And, and I think that, like, that's the trajectory – we have to go out and somehow find 
a guy that's going to be the heir apparent to X. Because if you're losing Byron Jones and X, and I wanted Keeley so bad or Joey so bad, dude. Yeah, I mean, what do you think you, of Cam Smith? Oh uh, yeah, Cam Smith's a great player. I, I think he's a top twenty pick though. Uh, I, I look if you have a conviction on a player, man. What about Antonio Johnson? I like him, but I view him more as a safety than a corner. Mm-hmm. But but there's another position that I and we were talking about this. I think safety is another position where you know Brandon Jones could come back from this injury slower than you know we anticipate. Um, you know, there's guys like Chris Smith, the second out of Georgia, uh, Jordan battled Alabama. There's guys that, you know, it's a, it's a decent safety class too. So, but you know, we'll, we'll have a ton of time to talk about draft, man. Cause you know, this, the season's winding down. I'm hoping that this isn't our last dolphins game, but you know, it, it is what it is, man. I, I'm proud of the team. I'm proud of the franchise for getting back in the playoffs. You know, I like I started off this the, the pod saying like it feels like a participation trophy at this point. But you know what, man, I'd rather get that participation trophy for getting the playoffs than not. It's a good precedent to set for your team under your first year young head coach. Uh, it restores faith probably in the owner because like the one thing everyone gets mad about when I say is that like I view Stephen Ross as a ruthless businessman that is a knee jerk decision maker who wants instant gratification and will abort any plan at any time if he thinks it's the right move. So, like, people will get upset when I say, like, look, I think Tom Brady could be the starting quarterback next year, or I could see them moving off Mike McDaniel for Jim Harbaugh. Like, this isn't Neil Driscoll playing GM and saying these are moves I'd make. These are moves I could see them making because of the context and everything that has surrounded Stephen Ross. I think he's a horrific owner when it comes to the operation side. When you talk about the game day experience and investing money in the stadium and the events that he does, like, sure, man, he's got pockets that have endless, you know, I mean, he can spend as much money as he wants. So those events are great. But when it comes down to the operations of football, I think he's one of the worst owners in professional sports. Uh, I'm hoping that retirement or the sale happens sometime in the next couple of years, because I, I, I truly believe that Stephen Ross is holding this franchise back drastically. Like, you know, a lot of people want to deny this, but like Mike McDaniel was hired under the pretense that he had to keep Josh Boyer, right? Like that is not how you bring on somebody in a job, right? Like that is not the proper way that you hire someone. And like those little things, like, right? Like those are the things that rub me the wrong way. And, you know, whether you like him, hate him or not, the bottom line is him and his buddy, whatever his name, Beal, cost this team a first round pick because of the tampering. If you're going to flirt and tamper, close the deal. Like, you know what I mean? And I, and I, that's not fair to two, and it's not what I want. But if you're going to get penalized for doing it, bring it home, man. Like, don't fail and cost this team a first-round pick for nothing. Like, that's where it's just like this team right now, right? The story could be like, damn, we've overcame all those injuries. We got in the playoffs. Feel good about Tua as long as we can keep him upright. We have a first-round pick. We can go solve and get a shutdown corner opposite of X, move Cater to the slot. Then we have a second and two-thirds where we can really, really come out of this draft winners. Like, we'll be lucky to get a starter or two with the picks that we have. And that's because of our owner. And, you know, it's, it's a tangent that I'm on here, but, like, it's just a very frustrating thing where you don't see a lot of teams, especially the good teams, do it. Right. Like you don't see the Baltimore Ravens do things like this and cost their team that like a first round pick for an up and coming team like the Dolphins in the position they are to get cheap labor at a high. You know, you're getting cheap labor on a rookie contract with like the 24th pick in the draft, but you're getting a high quality player. You know, like that's the advantage you have to take. Now, instead, they're going to have to restructure, cut people, rob Peter to pay Paul. And it's a tough thing to do to do because somebody is going to be the odd man out, right? We know Byron Jones is going to go good. You know, I, I think Jerome Baker is going to go. Um, I think you're going to see restructures. You're going to see a lot of different things happen, but like these necessarily didn't have to happen, but like you'd only have so many draft resources. And now with no first round pick, you can't draft a guy right in the second round as a cornerback and expect him to come in there and be Daryl Revis. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I just have a lot of frustrations with Steven Ross because every time I think this team takes a step forward, our owner finds a way to make us take two back. And we got the right head coach in here, right? 
We've got a good core six players that we said, you know, those are two things that everybody can agree on, right? The Tua situation, like that's an endless debate. I think we all agree he's a franchise quarterback. If healthy, he's a top 10 quarterback in this league. His availability is frustrating for all of us. How do we prevent that from happening? You know, build the line in front of him. I, and I know that the two concussions. And, that have a, and if you're sticking with them, have a the best contingency plan possible where I think that could not only push push him in camp, hey, you know, head head issues aside because head issues affect everyone differently, to a, would have to come out of camp understanding, hey, I can't miss games because of sprains, nicks, bang-ups because this guy could come in and take my job and win games behind me. Right, yeah, and, and you're going to have to have a contingency plan and a solid backup plan because of that, and it's okay. Like, I'm I'm okay with because I'll go on record and tell everyone, Neil. I am not I'm not in favor, and I agree with you. Like, listen, I thought Harbaugh was a threat to McDaniel until McDaniel got into the playoffs, and then you saw McDaniel gave Ross the playoff the game ball. I think he's safe. Now the issue moves to him, and I I do listen. I think because Beal's no longer in the building, I don't think Brady's as a, a big of a lock, especially with McDaniel's and the Vegas boys eyeing him down. Um, I also think if, if, if especially with the, how the Cowboys are playing, if you know they they squeaked into the season under five hundred, if Bulls gets fired after one year because they make a play for Peyton, that could keep. I don't want Brady because he's forty six. I don't want him hitting his geriatric wall in Miami. I don't want Lamar because listen, a his availability has been a big issue over not just this year but the last couple of seasons as well. He wants crazy guaranteed money. Don't like his attitude behind the scene. Don't like what the fi- what the uh, draft capital will cost to get him and potentially the roster capital to get him. No thanks. Well, not to mention that the mauling offensive line they have in Baltimore yeah. is a lot different than what yeah, we have. Exactly, exactly, right? And you need to fix it for Tom too, right? Right. My, the only option I think is Aaron Rodgers, and he would need to get out of all that money with they would need him and Green Bay would need to come to some resolution where they pay him whatever guaranteed money he gets out of it and he comes here because I would not give up capital. But listen, that's if we don't have much to give. <laughs> that's if they're looking to get off Tua. That's if they are. My preference is run it back with Tua and McDaniel for year two. Tell Tua you gotta stay healthy. I think McDaniel can get to the playoffs again with if if Tua can you know, I think there'll be a better contingency plan where Tua won games and the contingency plan can at least keep them afloat if Tua's out to where they can get into the playoffs again. I think because uh, this will be Tua's – that would be – if Tua is carried over to next season, that would be his first time since high school. He's had the same co- offensive coaching staff for more than one year. And, you know, after seeing what he did in year one in this system, you'd be really intrigued to be okay – man, if this guy stays healthy in year two, we could be historic offensively. So for me, if you're talking about options that are out there and they, they've they made the decision they're moving off Tua, the only one I like is Rodgers. If, if it comes down to me, run it back with a solid contingency plan that can threaten to his job if he can't stay healthy and legitimately threaten his job too, not like some song and pony dance. Well, he legitimately threatened and run back with Daniel. Yeah, that was actually to Rogers because I agree with you that if we had a, if there was any of these options, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. Tom Brady, you name them, the yeah. only guy that I'm okay with would be Aaron Rodgers. Here's the yeah. problem, though. I would sure as hell not trade a 2024 first round pick for Aaron Rodgers for this reason. That's what I said. I said, what did I say when I talked about Rodgers? I prefaced all of it with. Him and Green Bay have to come to an agreement over how much guaranteed money he will accept to get, avoid that contract, and then we don't have so we don't have to trade capital for him. That's I, I said. Yeah, see, because I, I, I think we would have to. I think they, I think they'll get a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers. I really do. And I well, they can, said that they're not going to hold him back. So I think if 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 a team's not willing, but he says I want to go there, I think they'll work something out. Well, like if. If we say it was a second this year and a second next year, sure I would yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to trade that 2024 first. No, I think no. that's the ultimate contingency plan no. that the next year's quarterback class is is stacked. Stacked and that's another reason why I'm so though I, I say run it back with Tua for another year with a one year like if you could get Derek Carr for one year at 15 million dollars and he's a contingency plan for one year, cool. But like 
dude, that's why I would go with the contingency plan because if that all don't work out, you just move heaven and earth to go get a Caleb Williams, a Drake May, someone like that. You know who I think the guy, the backup quarterback that you could sell me on is Marcus Mariota. He's got a good relationship with Tua, right? Yeah. He's not a dynamic passer, but he can make plays with his legs. He's he's savvy enough to get the ball in space to receivers. I like because I, I I would love Derek Carr too as a backup. You know what I, I wish, bro? I wish uh, Matt Ryan was four years younger and ready to be a backup. You yeah, because he'd be perfect if he's four years younger and not washed like he is because of how well he knows the system. Would you take Baker as a backup? That is a very intriguing. Yeah, I would. Like uh, Baker is a list. very intriguing option for me. I was going to bring him up. That is a very. I, I like the way Baker plays, man. Whether it's all perfect or not, like here's the thing: is he he'll sling it, buddy. I wish we had him going into Sunday. I'll tell you that much. Right. Well, he took a dump of an organization, the Cleveland Browns, to the playoffs. Right. And like I don't care who him. you are. Like that's important. And I like Baker the way he plays. Like I think that he got a really raw deal in Cleveland. I really do. And it's okay. That's the business. The guy's got a lot of money. But, like, I think that he's a guy you can win with in spot starts. And you probably yeah, got to pay him $8 million a year. But, like, you could get Baker Mayfield in Miami. I'd, I I'd be it. down for that 110%. And you yeah. know what he does, too? He could create off script. Yeah. And he get the ball downfield. And that's yeah. why I like Baker Mayfield as a backup yeah. here. And I don't think he's going to have a start opportunity. Because I think that's going to be tough for him. I think he needs to prove something. But that would be the perfect guy to get here would be Baker Mayfield for me. Because um, yeah. I, I think that's fair. But, like, yeah, no, I, I here, here's the thing, though. Like, right, if Tua comes out – because we the only reason we're even having this conversation is the availability. Tua showed me enough this year to have all the faith in the world Yeah, for him to be a franchise top 10 quarterback. And, like, we said at the beginning of the year that we wanted a top 12 quarterback – he outkicked my expectations on his hot streak. Everyone's. And he, was in the, he was the only guy in the MVP race with Mahomes. Right. And I, I see, I, I love Tua because he comes back stronger every time he goes down. You know, but here's the truth is as a football fan, man, like you probably agree with me. I care about Tua, the freaking man outside of football, because I respect him so much as a player. And it's yeah. not just because he's a Dolphin now. Because he's a Dolphin, he's my favorite player in football. But, like, I want Tua to be okay, man. And I want that guy to have a chance to realize his dream. I want him to get a chance to cash in that check because I think Tua deserves that. Now, does he? if he comes in next year and in week four he gets a concussion, in week six he has an ankle issue, and in week 14 he, whatever, breaks a thumb, then I got to say, like, look, man, you're the man. I love you, but like, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like, then there's too much of a sample size against the health. Yeah. But like right now, if Tua wants to be back here next year, for us to think that like it'd be easy just to replace him with a Derek Carr, and I'm not saying you, man. I'm saying in general, I've seen people say that hmm. Tua Tungvalu is a better player than Derek Carr, and I love Derek Carr, but like. I think people sometimes, because they get into this debate, whether it's Tua or not, who's the guy, like Tua yeah. and on and all this stuff, they forget that, like, there's not, there's only so many Pat Mahomeses and Joe Burrows. And sometimes you got to appreciate what you have because it could be a lot worse. And it's almost like, I, I don't know if it's a contingency of a lot of younger Dolphin fans' reason, but like, I don't think people remember just how bad this quarterback position has been. For a long, long, long time, people like a lot of people start talking about Ryan Tannehill. We got to go way back. The first quarterback that succeeded Dan Marino was Damon Heward. And then it was Jay Feeler because Damon Heward was awful. Everything that has happened since one, the only thing that happened between Tua and Marino was one good season of Chad Pennington. But he had such limitations in his arm in the playoffs, the Ravens exposed him and it kind of embarrassed us, but it is what it is. But, like, even Ryan Tannehill, he had that 2016 season, but he went down with an injury. He wasn't there in the playoffs. And, like, people were willing to give Tannehill chance after chance. And I like – like, I like Ryan Tannehill. If Ryan Tannehill's available, dude, and it would never happen because he wouldn't come back, I would take Ryan Tannehill as my That'd backup. Be interesting. Yeah, that would be – You know what I mean? I would take him as my backup next year because I think he's out of Tennessee because they save, like, $36 million. And they're, they're, they're a team that a lot of people are sleeping on about quarterbacks. 
But they're Malik Willis, they're starting Josh Dobbs with the season line. I think they know that Malik Willis isn't their guy. Well, he's not there yet, man. Everyone, listen, again, everyone who actually watched that kid's film knew you got to sit him for two years. He's not right. ready. But Mike Rabel's a good coach, man. Like, they, like that's the thing about the NFL today, right? They're not- yeah, but have, Rabel can be a good coach all he want. Name me one quarterback they've developed over there. No, no one. So, exactly. like that's, so that's what I'm saying. That's why they're probably going to panic and go. Like, I think if you, you were saying Derek Carr, I think Derek Carr ends up in Tennessee. Yeah. That's, that's where I could see him ending up. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to end up in Washington because they wanted him before. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to hmm, – I don't I – don't, honestly, I was going to say San Francisco, but I don't know. I, I, I just could see him going there, and I think – I think Brady's going to be down to the Dolphins and Raiders, and it's going to be interesting. But like, you know, we'll see what happens, man. Like, I, but we need something that's a proven commodity to back up Tua. But I think we roll with Tua. We got all off season to talk about. Yeah, man, it's a lot. But I'll, I'll let's wrap, wrap up this up. Let's just give the quick prediction of what, what's happening. Yeah, it's not going to be fun. I'll get. I'm going to Chris. I have Buffalo winning 42 to 13. I think mm. the Bills are going to get the ball first, go right down the field, and score on us. I think we'll probably answer with a field goal. We'll be seven to three, and we'll get our hopes up. But I just think that offense with Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's going to have a great game, and I think they're going to be. Leslie Frazier is a great coach, right? On the defensive side of the ball, they're going to they're going to make Skyler beat them. And I just don't have faith in Skyler. And I hate I hate that our season's going to end in what could be deemed as a huge blowout loss. But like I said, I'm still proud of this team. They could have they could have lost the Jets and not even been here. Um, year one of Mike and Daniel to me is a su- success either way. You know, if you look at what we've done with Tua in this passing game, look at the stats that Hill and Waddle put up without Tua for five games. Right? If we can figure out how to get this team together, healthy all season, it, it's it's it already was what the, is it the sixth ranked offense in the league this year? Like. It, it, it's th- th- there's a lot of good days ahead of us. I just think this season is going to end with some frustration because we're just we're we're a down injury te- injury plagued team right now, and we're going on the road against a really really good football team. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, maybe a miracle happens and we're back here next week talking about it. But I, 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 from your lips to God's ears, man, I would yeah. I would love nothing more. It's just, hey, man, you know what? We got to let it play out. Yep, you got to let it happen. Oh. Skylar Thompson can make himself NFL folklore and trivia game questions because I, I would say this would be the biggest upset in NFL history in the playoffs if we won. Well, we'll see. <laughs> All right, man. Um, we'll, hopefully next week when we dive back in Finn too deep, it's uh, with good news. But, I mean, don't hold your breath because then we might not see you all next week. Until then, everyone stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. And as always, Fins up, everyone. Enjoy playoff weekend. Go Fins.